Well, hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Happy, happy, happy almost Thanksgiving. Welcome to the uh, pre-Thanksgiving appetizer live stream. Glad to have you here. It's Wednesday, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. We do this every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, unless, you know, real life gets in the way. But otherwise, we are here. Uh, Candy, hello, welcome, and thanks again for being an awesome moderator. We appreciate you here, Candy. Thanks so much. Um, Carbon, hey, Carbon, really? Glad you're here. Andy made it. Andy is here. Bob, howdy, Petsotics. How's it going, Petsotics? One day, Petsotics, we'll actually find a time when we can connect <laughs> and, and work through some stuff together on Get Gills, but man, schedules, right? Mob, Guppy, howdy, Mile High, glad you could make it. How's the connection out there? And are you in Gillette, man? Is that what I heard? If you are, I'm truly sorry. <laughs> but um, but you're not too far from me, so hopefully you can get over here and see the fish room and stuff. Anyway, hello everybody. I'm glad you're all here. G Cunningham, Keith, hello, Reels Tanks. Um, Corey Boy, hey Corey Boy, good to see you here, Doug. And Mr. D's. All right, we're gonna get to the chat tonight. Then let's jump right in it. Uh, let me switch a view here so I can see what you're doing, what you're seeing. So I hope you all have had a wonderful week. I, it's been insane here, like in the best way though. Got a bunch more fish, got to do an unboxing video for them, but I, I got my first puffers. They're Amazon puffers and uh, I'm excited to have them. I don't know if you've ever kept these fish, but puffers are pretty cool. They're all the rage right now. Thank you, Corey from Aquarium Co-op for making that happen. But I was at Priscilla's house uh, two weeks ago on the 6th of November, picking up my import in Denver and I saw hers and I was like, oh, those are awesome. I got to get some of them. So I ordered a, a dozen or so. I only got five and they came absolutely covered in ick. Like, like I had taken my baked potato and sprinkled salt all over it. But, um, but they're, they're better now. I got them cleaned up, but man, they were covered. So I'm excited to have those guys. I fed them snails today and it was just so fun <laughs> to watch them because they're little fish watching them try to get at those snails. Um, it was something else. So got those and I got a bunch of other new fish in that I'm excited to tell you all about. And I ordered uh, 18 new species for next week. So uh, Candy, I will be in Billings at about 1 p.m. on Monday to pick up a, a bunch of stuff at the airport. So um, I don't know what your schedule is or any of that stuff, but if you're free earlier in the day, um, it might be cool to, I don't know, go to a pet store or something. Uh, we, we can talk about that later, but just so you know, I'll be up in Billings, Montana Monday to pick those up. Last time I ordered from this company, I ordered 18 species and I only got five. So we'll see how we do, but, uh, but I'm excited for some of them. So we'll go over the, the new fish that you haven't seen yet in, in a little while, or that we haven't talked about yet in a little while. But for now, um, for anyone that is new here, uh, the, the way we do things is if you have a question or a comment that you want me to get to, then make it at Dan's Fish and it'll highlight an orange on my stream that I'm looking at, and then I can see it and jump right to it. Uh, what I'm trying to avoid is having to read through idle chit chat in the chat, <laughs> chit chat in the chat, it's like chat cubed. Um, 
to get to topics that we want to discuss because then it's kind of just dead air time and it's boring. So make it at Dan's Fish. I'll see it and I'll respond immediately. Such as Tampa Tom, who says, hey, Dan's Fish can't stay, but I will watch the replay. All right, Tampa, I get it. It's late in Florida. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming by and I'll catch you on the on the replay. Um, and Candy, who says, absolutely at Dance Fish. Okay, so let's let's chat, uh, I don't know, sometime after Thanksgiving, right? It's going to be crazy for a bit and see what we can work out. But I think that would be really cool. I, I know, uh, what is it? Pet House? Is that what it is? I, the Heights, the Heights Pet Center there, kind of close to the road that you take up to the airport. And I've been to a couple others, but I'm sure there's some that I just am unfamiliar with. So I'd love to see them. Aqua Apprentice says, hello, Dance Fish and people. And since he made it at Dance Fish, I saw it and read it. <laughs> so that's how that works. Um, well, the store was crazy today. I don't know who went and tried to buy uh, Thanksgiving fixings today, but that was insane. I was glad to get back in the fish room. Um, so let me get back to the other new fish that, that we've got in here. So... Um, Got the Amazon puffers, got uh, ruby-headed koi angels, although they're, instead of calling them ruby-headed koi angels, they'll probably just call them koi angels. So they're more like a high-quality koi angel than a low-quality call quality, uh, red-headed angel, because so far they've got some red, but it's not like, boom, you know. Um, a bunch of peacock gudgeons that I think I talked about, to, I think I told you guys I was going to get last time, but I got them. I got a hundred of them and I'm happy to say not a problem with any of them. They're looking great. I've had them for several days now and um, they're eating well, no signs of any illness or any problems at all. So real happy with those guys. Um, got a couple at dance fish comments here. So I'm going to jump to them and then I'll get back to what else we got in the fish room. Corey boy aquatics. How long does it take for rainbow eggs to hatch? It depends on temperature and species. Um, I'm going to say a week to two weeks, generally. It depends on exactly the kind. Um, but I would say a week to two weeks. I know that's quite a range, but there's several factors and there's species issues involved with that. By the way, for Rainbow Fish Geeks, I have two species of wild angelfish, or angelfish, uh, rainbow fish coming in. I don't know if they'll come, but I ordered them. And... Um, I'm not going to give it away yet, but two species of wild angelfish that I found that I'm going to bring in. Um, and I'm not going to give them away because off the top of my head, I can't remember their species name. One is like Obligii or something like that. Uh, I, I have to, I'd have to look them up, but they're not hybrids. They're not, the problem we have with most rainbow fish in the hobby, well, there's two problems. One is hybrids. So they've, you know, how a fish farm works is they put a bunch of fish in a pond, they breed a bunch, they harvest that fish out, and then they put a different species in there. But if you don't get all the fish out and you put a new species in there and they can crossbreed, they do. Also, when it floods, species go from one pond to the other, and there's all kinds of issues. Um, or a species that is fairly closely related, looks close enough and gets together, but Turns out, oh, those are a different species. So tons of rainbow fish hybrids in the hobby, which is, you know, it's Gary Lang's mission to, to change that. But 
Um, so that's problem number one. And problem number two is uh, tuberculosis. Uh, rainbow fish, mycobacterium, basically. Rainbow fish are very susceptible to. So uh, getting the wild fish, we'll know they're not hybrids and they haven't been exposed. They won't have been in any wholesale facilities, their tanks. They won't have been um, on a fish farm or any of that. So I'm hoping they come in pretty clean. This might seem counterintuitive, but wild fish come in with a lot less problems than farmed fish and captive bred fish, um, just because they haven't been exposed to a lot of the pathogens that create problems that fish pick up at a wholesaler or in a pet store. So I'm excited to get those wild rainbows in. Um, Gandhi overhauls at Dan's Fish Heights Pet Center, and we have a new one. A new, oh, cool. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Candy, what's it called? So I can kind of Google a bit and get prepared and see if they can, uh, maybe they'll let us take a video. I don't know. Um, Bob Kaler, Dan, that's mean to not say the rainbows. Okay, I'll look them up. I just don't want the dead airtime, but let me, let me look them up. Um, one is, okay, hang on. I'll show you it here. Oh, whoops. It's a Melanotania species and it's a rubrostriata. So basically red striped is, is what it means. Um, so here's a picture. At least this is what I ordered. Um, it's funny when you order fish from other countries. <laughs> so you don't always get what you, what you thought you were getting. But this is what I've ordered. Um, rubrostriata. And yeah, I'm excited about these guys. So let's go there real quick. So this is, if you guys don't know this website, this is one of the best websites on rainbow fish there is. And uh, this is their kind of species summary and information about this fish. So but that's one of them. And the other one is, let me transition back while I do the Google work. Um, oops. There it is. Oops. You'd think that I could uh, Google something, right? Here we go. Um, here's the other one. So this is another Melanotania species. Ogilbii is the species. Oops, here we go. So this is the picture they have. I've never seen this fish before ever. Like, I don't have a clue if this is an accurate representation when they're colored up or if this is better or this or what they're going to look like. But, um, but I'm excited to get them. And uh, I don't know, they might be smaller and not be colored up at all when I get them. But that is what's on the way, Bob. I wasn't trying to be mean. I just didn't want people to have to suffer through me Googling. <laughs> but hopefully that was worth it. Real Stanks, you're a rainbow teaser. <laughs> That's not all. Um, Aqua Apprentice, Advanced Fish, what species of fish have you sold the most of? This surprises me. I would say, well, in this fish room, so not like working at a pet store or at a wholesale facility, something like that. In this fish room, the one that I've sold the most of really surprises me. I think it's the humpback limias. So 
um, Limia nigrofasciata. Those things, everyone wants them. In fact, they sell so fast. The Perugiae sell fast too. I just don't have as many, so I haven't sold as many. But the nigrofasciata sells so fast that I cannot sell adults. I sell out of juveniles, um, unsexed juveniles, before they get big enough to sell out the adults. So, or to sell adults. So I occasionally hold some back just so that I get new breeding stock. Pardon me, I got a tickle in my throat. But yeah, that little fish, um, I know why. It's hard to find. It's hard to get a hold of, and it's awesome. But I just, when I got them and offered them for sale, I, I never thought that that would be like the hot fish. So a lot of those. Doug's Fish Adventure, howdy, um, at Dan's Fish. I got a discus, cool, and it was slow. It was acting odd, okay. The tank guy is scheduled for water change after the change. The next day, the wife called and said the fish died. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Water levels were good. Any ideas? Oh, it would be impossible for me to know, Doug, without being intimately familiar and kind of being there, being you, basically. And even then, um, so often in this, oh, thanks, Bob. We'll get to that in a sec. I don't want to, this is kind of a sensitive topic, so I don't want to jump from it right now. Um, but thanks for the super chat, Bob. So Doug, um, this is, this is the part of the hobby that is perhaps one of the most frustrating parts to me. It's that I don't, know enough about fish medicine. I just don't, I'm not a veterinarian. I worked at an animal hospital for five years or a little more, actually. That's how I paid for college. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar with some things. You just absorb it a little bit, but they didn't do fish. <laughs> but you can apply a lot of things to fish, but um, there's no place here in town or in most towns to go and like take fish to a vet and get an actual diagnosis and what know what's actually going on. So you can train yourself a little bit, but again, I'm no vet. There's a reason vets go to school for eight, 10 years, right? There's a lot to learn. So knowing what's going on is difficult. Um, let's take ick, for example, we see white spots on a fish. We call it ick. Well, there are over 20 pathogens that are more or less common in aquarium fish that cause white spot reactions. There's only one that's actually the ick organism. So without actually scraping or having a microscope or whatever, um, again, I'm not an expert, but you know, we don't know what we're treating. Luckily, so even something as is known as ick is not always the case. So when I have problems with fish in my room, and I've been here and I've been working with them and all that. I often never know exactly what the problem was. Uh, and that is really frustrating. And I think that's true of a lot of us. Like we want to help them so bad, but where's the help? So the, the, the best thing I can think of that I've done is, no, I haven't done yet. Sorry. It's in my mind to do it so much that I said I've done it. I haven't done it yet, but, um, is if there's a group of fish that's having a problem, it's actually taking a few of those and trying to find a vet I can ship them to and seeing if they can diagnose them so I can save the others. Um, but that's not a great option either. So 
I think we find ourselves in this boat in this hobby where there's no one to go to for expertise. So we post pictures on Facebook groups. We, we ask other hobbyists, but they odds are though that they don't know. I mean, so I don't know. It's, it's part that sucks. And I, I hate that part of our hobby. So I wish I could help you more, Doug. I sincerely, sincerely wish I do. I wish I could, I mean, but, um, and so sorry you lost any fish is a horrible loss. Discus is especially horrible, not just because of price, but because they're so stunning and they draw you in and, um, and they have real personality. They really bond with their owner. You know, they're cichlid, they're intelligent. They come up and beg for food. And I mean, they don't bond like a dog or something like that. That's not what I'm saying, but you have a relationship with the discus. So that's a tough one, Doug. I'm so sorry. I wish I could help you more. Um, I will say this is anytime you get a discus and this goes for lots of fish, but I've brought in lots of discus over the years. Um, in fact, a lot of people in this hobby know me from discus cause there was a time when that was pretty much all I was doing. And, um, they almost always have worms and they get velvet really quickly. Like they're very susceptible to that. So knowing that I always have copper sulfate on hand in case they get velvet. And I brought them back from velvet several times. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever had a loss from velvet because I get right on it. I have a separate, ho separate hospital tank, put the discus in there, don't feed them for a few days, have them soaking in the copper sulfate. Um, copper safe is the brand I tend to use just cause it's cheap and effective and easy. And, um, and that cures velvet real quick for the worms. Uh, your, your general cures like your Metro and your Prozzi Metro, uh, Nidazole and Prozzi Quantanol, um, is really useful. And, um, it doesn't hurt either to, you can have an antibiotic on hand too. And, and my go-to antibiotic is not urethromycin. Urethromycin treats gram positive bacteria the vast majority of pathogens or disease causing bacteria in the aquarium is gram negative. So my go-to is triple sulfa. The drawback with that is you can't mix it with as many other things as you can the urethromycin. So urethromycin is nice because then you can mix it with general cure and stuff and get it all at once. With triple sulfa, you have to kind of space it out a bit. So, but it, it tends to work well for me though. Um, you know, I bring in a lot of fish and just without being a vet over the years, that's kind of what's, what's helped. So I always have those on hand, I guess, just in case And almost every discus that comes in, is going to have worms. So you might as well just <laughs> treat them for that. Apart from that, um, they're very sensitive to ammonia and nitrite. So if your levels are off there at all, then that could definitely be the issue. Um, and as you know, they like it warm. I'm sure you, I'm sure you know that, but I kept mine generally about 84 degrees was the spot where they were totally happy and I didn't have to pay to heat them to 86 degrees. So 84 was, was where I kept them. But Doug, that's the best I got. I, I wish I had more. I truly, truly do. Um, okay. I'm going to uh, jump to some, in fact, I need to do a video on, um, how I acclimate fish and when I import fish and bring in transship fish and all that, how I 
you know, take care of them. So uh, maybe I'll do that. I'm doing one right now on this batch of angelfish because they came in with a ton of ick, you know, random white spots of some kind. And um, luckily they've, they're almost completely cleared up now, but I've been taking daily video of that as I treat them so I can kind of show the process for that. So that video will be coming out. I'm just waiting for them to uh, completely recover and be recovered for a while uh, before I know that they're recovered. <laughs> Let's say that word again. And uh, then I'll release the video once I'm sure of success. But um, all right, I'm going to jump down to the super chats and then I'll get back up candy. Oh, nope. Candy says treasure state aquariums. Cool. I'll Google that. And now I'm going to jump down to Bob. Bob, thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. I'll be on the lookout for the rubra. Yeah, cool. I will let you know when they're ready to go. If they come in, like, you know, like I said, from this supplier, often you'll get most of what you order. Sometimes you get almost nothing you order. But there's always a few things that are shorted just because of how the system works. Um, Corey Boy, thanks for taking your time with us on your family day. Thanks again. And I will email you for the Peacock Gudgeon later. Thanks again. Cool. All right. I look forward to it. And you're welcome. And thank you all for being here. I mean, for me, this is amazing. Uh, I've said this before. I'll say it again briefly. Um, I live somewhere. It's a small town. It's quite isolated. And there's just not a lot of fish geeks here that I can pal around with. So this is my chance to geek out with you guys. Um, if I have questions, I can ask them here and get them answered. I like helping people. Uh, I like talking fish. Um, so glad to be here. And Corey Boy, it's, it's another week, it, a little more than a week, I think, before they'll actually be for sale, the peacock gudgeons, because um, it's always at least two weeks before I will ship a fish that I've got. But they're looking great. So I think you're going to going to be happy. Yeah. All right. Let me see what I missed here. Bob Kaler at Dance Fish. That's as bad as me working night shift at a nursing home, going to class during the day. I have a kennel. I have kennel duty a couple days a week now at the shelter. Now I love doing it for the pets. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's something really satisfying with helping a creature that is totally dependent on you, right? It's, they need you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Naked Reefer. Holy cow. Thanks, Naked Reefer. I appreciate that. Naked Reefer says, cheers, Dan. All right. Cheers back. <laughs> Ching. So during the um, Epiplates species Akayo video that I released um, a little co couple days ago or whatever, I said surface a lot because that's a surface dwelling fish. Um, and it's hard to find a good surface dwelling fish, right? I mean, you have hatchet fish, you have a few others, but there aren't that many that will just kind of take that zone up in a way that really shows that level off well. Um, I think these are one of those. So I kept saying surface a ton in that video. So I got a comment on the video that one of the view viewers had turned it into a drinking game. And every time I said surface, they took a drink. So uh, I thought that was hilarious. Cheers. I asked him how his hangover was the next morning. He said not too bad. <laughs> but I said it a lot. <laughs> 14 times in that video. <laughs> All right. So back to the new fish. One that I'm really excited about is the... Is it micro or mini nin, uh, dragon goby? Mini dragon goby. 
it's a, it's a really cool little fish. I've never seen it before, never even seen it available before. It reminds me a little bit in body shape and temperament and posture and stuff of a white cheek goby, but very different. It's black and white barred all down, all down the body, um, or hopefully it will be. Right now, they're still settling in. So I haven't taken any pictures or video of them because they kind of disappeared in the tank. I see one every now and then, but they're still settling in. So it'll be a little while before there's a video of that or anything. Um, but that's a cool one. And by the way, Naked Reefer, I've always loved your username. I think that's hilarious. You don't want to get your clothes wet when you're reefing, right? So just take them off. It's just easier all around. Less laundry. <laughs> um, so, and what else was there? Oh, uh, Gold Ring Danios, the Taiwanai or Tinwinai or however you say that. Cool little fish that I've never seen in person before. I, I know they're not extremely rare or anything, but I thought to get some of those in along with... Uh, the Chopre Danio or Glowlight Danio. It's not Danio, it's a different species, but we call it the Chopre Danio or Danio Chopre, even though the genus is different now. So got some of those in. Um, and what else was exciting? See, that's all that comes to mind. Um, oh, there had to have been something else. Yes, there was. I can't remember what it was, but some other cool stuff. So it's been, it's been awesome. All the Nigeria fish, um, all these fish I just mentioned, along with the other ones that I highlighted in the uh, in the fish room tour. So it's been amazing. So, yeah. Um, so I have a question. I, I think I, I have been thinking maybe doing a video on uh, how I acclimate fish and uh, care for new imports and stuff. Um, is that something folks would be interested in? Or do you guys feel that You've already got the tools and there's plenty of videos on that. And it's like, oh, another one? Because there are a lot of them out there. So just curious if that would be of interest at all. Um, I've been thinking of doing it as I've been going through the process repeatedly. And you know, Monday when I get that next shipment in would be a great opportunity to start something like that. But I, I don't want to do it if it's like, man, if, if someone does that again, I'm just going to get bald or pull my hair out, right? So let me know what you guys think on that, if you would. Um, Jamie, um, hey man, hey Dan, sorry, I'm so sorry I'm late. Thank you at Candy Overhauls for posting this note on Facebook. I made sure to hit the bell so I'll get notified every week. All right, well, glad you're here. Um, no excuse for tardiness. You shall be punished severely to the principal. No problem, just glad you're here. And... Uh, uh, Jamie and everyone else, just so you know, if you're new and haven't heard this yet, if you make the comment at Dan's Fish, it'll highlight and I'll be able to see it and jump right to it. Uh, I caught that one, though, because I saw Dan in the text. So G Cunningham at Dan's Fish. Hey, Dan, I've been hatching baby brine shrimp. Good. Without any problems for months now. The last several batches have had terrible hatch rates. Any ideas? Um, yeah, I've got one. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Okay, let me start with the one. The, the, the one is, how do you store your eggs? So um, if the eggs get any moisture or humidity, they, they degenerate. So moisture is the enemy of brine shrimp assists, brine shrimp eggs. So that is maybe the number one thing to check. They're pretty hardy otherwise. I mean, I've been to the Great Salt Lake several times, and I've seen the salt flats in San Francisco. And... Um, 
the Great Salt Lake, it's super freezing, freezing cold in the winter, and it gets pretty darn hot in the summer, and those eggs do fine as long as they're dry. So if you, how I store them is I store them sealed up in the freezer, and it's a freezer that has, a, what, humidity control? What do they call that? I don't know but it, it sucks the humidity out of the air. It keeps it pretty dry, that freezer does. So um, to prevent icing and stuff like that in the freezer, but it works great for brine shrimp eggs. So um, the, the, the best way to do it, I think, would be to take them, put them in a fairly thick plastic bag and seal the bottom and the top and vacuum seal if you can and keep them in the freezer. But I've, I have a bag, I have a, a can of brine shrimp eggs that I've had for at least at least seven years, and that's no joke because I got them the first year I moved into this new house. At least I might have had them before that. And I just kept them in the original can with the lid in a sealed Ziploc bag. And I lost them in the bottom of the freezer for a while. I found them a while ago and started using them again in great hatch rates. So if they're dry, that's the best. And keep them in the freezer can't hurt. So that's the most common thing. Apart from that, there's always the possibility of changes in your water from your municipality and things like that. But they're so darn hardy that that would it boggles the mind that that would be big enough of a change to 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 affect them. Um, the one other thing I can think of is a really clean hatching container. Over time, there's kind of a, a film that'll build up in your hatching cone, and that will affect your hatch rate. And so you might check that. You might scrub that out really well. I occasionally will fill that cone up and put hydrogen peroxide in it with water and bubble it for a few hours, just like I was hatching brine shrimp, but just for a couple hours, just to sterilize things. And then I run it out of the collection point so it sterilizes that on its way out too. So eggs that got moisture, dirty hatching container. Those are my two guesses for you. I don't know if you think one of those is a possibility. That's the best I've got off the top of my head because they last forever, years and years and years if they're dry and they hatch well if the, if the cone is clean. So G. Cunningham, I don't know if that helps, but that's the best I've got for you. Aqua Apprentice at Dancefish, I would like to see your method of acclimating. Okay, that's one. That's one for it. Aqua Apprentice at Dancefish. Hey, welcome back, my high. Are you listing fish? on your .com before get gills or at the same time? So my .com is at get gills. Um, so let me show you this. I used to have my own .com, dancefish.com, and then I made it so that I changed it. So if you go to dancefish.com, it takes you to my store on get gills. So it's kind of all one and the same. So when I say Dan at dancefish, I do that because I know that you'll get to get gills anyway. <laughs> so um, yeah. Hope that clears it up, but if you go to Get Gills, you'll find my store. If you go to dancefish.com, you'll go to the exact same place. It's just rerouted. And by the way, I am uh, doing my darndest to get everything listed. I don't like listing something unless I have a, a picture in a video, and it takes a while to just get that all going. So all the killifish, all the Nigeria fish right now are ready to sell. The um, um, pelvic acromis... They've come around, they're eating flakes, they're eating pellets. Um, and by come around, I just mean it took them a little while to train them to eat prepared foods. 
They just wanted frozen for a while, but now they're eating flake foods and stuff just great. I've got some footage of that. I'll be making a video of them, not tomorrow. Um, <laughs> although I do have a video coming out tomorrow. It's the Apoclicti Spolachin, bright orange-eyed lamp eye. Um, and the glass cats have been doing amazing. Um, in the last week, I've only lost one. And that one has been, it was acting funky since the get-go. So it, really skinny, kind of twisted and bent up a bit. You know, obviously something's been wrong with that fish for a while. But they're eating flakes, they're eating pellets, they're eating frozen, they're doing great. So those are the last kind of stragglers. Oh, the other one was the um, another lamp eye, neon green lamp eye. It has nice green iridescence across the, the, the flanks. Uh, really pretty little fish. So that is Poropanchax luxothalmus. And it took a little while to get those guys to eat vigorously on like flakes and pellets and stuff, but they're doing that now. So everyone's ready. It's just me trying to make the videos and get the pictures to make a good listing. So in fact, um, Thomas was asking last live stream last week, um, I'll be right there, Mile High, if I could list all the fish and locations and stuff. And I tried to do it on Facebook, but I cannot figure out how to get a PDF to show to Facebook. So real briefly, before I jump down to mile high, let me show you this. Thomas, this is for you. This is a list of all the fish and the ones that I have collection points for, the shows and the prices. Now, not all these fish are available yet. All the Nigeria fish are good to go. But there's a lot of fish that have come uh, in more recent shipments and um, they're not ready to go yet just because I always wait at least two weeks. But here they are. So, Thomas, this is what I've got. I'm going to kind of leave it here for just a second or two and then I'll scroll down to the next page. Um, and on the replay, you can pause it and take as long as you need to kind of read through this. But here's what I've got, including collection information. Uh, for the species that have that. Next page is this. So quite a few killies on that on that page. And this does not include the fish that are coming hopefully on Monday. <laughs> However many show up of what I ordered. Okay, and the next, um, and, and on a lot of these, I'm not putting, you know, all the scientific information and stuff, but um, here's the next page. All right. So that's everything that I have for sale or that will be coming up for sale pretty quickly here once it gets out of uh, just my mandatory uh, couple weeks to make sure that I'm only selling fish that are not just healthy and, and hopefully disease free, but also comfortable with aquarium life. Um, so Thomas, I hope that hope that's I hope I made your night on the replay. Just pause if you need to and you can peruse that. Let me pop down to Mile High Plecos. So glad you could make it. And then I'll pop back up to the other comments I left. Uh, Mile High Plecos. Plecos are better than puffers. Is Priscilla here? There's about to be a storm of brewing. <laughs> so Mile High, I did break down and order a bunch of red lizard plecos. Um, I was inspired by your fish room and looking at yours. And there was a, a nice group available. So I ordered them. So I... If they come on Monday, then I'll have uh, not just your L182s, but I'll also have, um, I think I'm getting 30 of them. 
of the Red Lizard uh, Plecos. So, uh, which reminds me, anyone here that's kept that, including you, Mile High, could you just tell me your care a little bit? I, I remember, Mile High, you said that they like wood, so I'm going to get some, I have some wood sunk and ready for that tank. Um, and I'm planning on feeding them Rapashi, which I mix community with half community with um, Soylent Green. So there's a lot of vegetable content in that. And then because my understanding from the research I've done is that they need a lot of high, uh, a lot of vegetable content. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I've been reading. And uh, I'll mix in frozen brine shrimp and, and general flake food and stuff in their diet. But my, my thought is um, probably mostly, you know, blanched zucchini and all those kind of pleco foods along with the uh, rapashi that's high vegetable content. So Anyone that's kept that fish, let me know if I'm on the right track. I also know that they don't like high temperatures. Supposedly they come from like Uruguay, perhaps is what I was reading. Again, let me know if this is wrong. If indeed they're wild, they don't even know where they came from, from what I saw. Um, and that they like cooler temperatures, which makes sense because I have friends that collect in Uruguay and there's often ice over the bodies of water where they're collecting killifish and quarries and plecos and geophagus the species that live there. But I, I would love to get some knowledge on that fish. The other fish I have coming that I'm super excited about, if it comes, is the Empire Gudgeon. I have been wanting that for years. Never seen it alive. Super expensive, which is probably why. But I finally found a, what I hope is a good source for those. So, um, yeah. Mile high. If you want red lizard, we can work something out for my breeding group. I'm going to get rid of them. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I think I'm getting 30, so let's see what happens there. That's probably all I can handle. But um, yeah, I liked your group. That was awesome. And am I on the right track, Mile High, for kind of how to keep them? Not super high temperatures, a lot of vegetable matter in the diet, and some wood in the tank. Uh, let me know if there needs to be something else. Oh, Priscilla's here. Um, so Priscilla, you should check Mile High's... Uh, statement out about plecos and puffers and uh get back to us <laughs> um let me let me pop back up here to some of the other questions and comments that i missed just a moment so aqua apprentice is okay with the video on acclimating um cool let me see if anyone else said anything about that I don't think so. Um, what does everyone else think? Is that something that's overdone or something that you'd like to see? I do it kind of different. And part of why I've been a little hesitant is because um, people seem to like be attached to a certain way of doing it that's been made popular. And I don't want to come across as poo-pooing that method or anything. Um, but but what I do has worked for me for a, on, on literally thousands upon thousands of fish. So it might be good information. Aqua Apprentice. Oh, I already got that one. Uh, turbo fish, a dance fish, 75 gallon guppies, live plants. And what would you add? Um, well, I'm a killifish guy. So I think I would go with the lamp eye. That's what I would do. I wouldn't probably put epiplates or the aphiosimians in with guppies if they have long flowing tails, unless you had a plan B just because you know, those long tails that flutter around, they look awfully tasty. So, and these are wild fish that haven't really been trained for that. I would keep them with almost any other peaceful species they couldn't swallow, but I do worry about betta fins and, and like fan tail, delta tail guppy fins. But 
Um, but the, the lamp eyes, I don't think would be a problem. I think that those would probably be fine with the guppies for sure. So being a killifish guy, that's what I would probably go with. If you're wondering about another group of fish, let me know. Um, some of those Sudamugo rainbows, the little blue eyes, some of those are pretty awesome. Oh, if you don't have anything on the bottom, a group of, of quarries, any, almost any quarry, any common size quarry or pygmy type quarry would be, would be awesome. Um, those are some thoughts in, I'm talking about small fish just cause me personally, as you've seen, if you've seen any tours of my fish room, I like big tanks with large numbers of small fish. There's just schooling behavior and, uh, in this nice roomy flow that goes on in the tank. So I love that you have a 75 gallon with guppies in it and live plants. I mean, that just seems amazing. So let me know, Turbofish, if there's anything more specific you're wondering about. But I love killifish and I like lamp eyes. And I think they do great in a tank like that. Petsotics at Dance Fish. Everyone does things differently. I like watching different vids on diff from different people on the same subject for that reason. Plus, they make good refreshers. Can only speak for me. Okay, so that's, that's a couple folks who would like to see it. So I'll seriously consider it. Um, it'll probably do it. I've been thinking of it for a while. Um, just cause I, I just think that the, the knowledge of, of a medicine that does gram negative bacteria is, is important. Um, now erythromycin is great for certain things. Like if you have cloudy eyes or an eye infection on your fish, uh, erythromycin, uh, triple sulfa won't help with that. So there's different meds for different things, but yeah. Oh, another super, man, super chats are flying. It's, it's going to be a good Christmas for little Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, thanks so much. Let me scroll down to that. Storms of Bruin. Uh-oh. If plecos are better than puffers, Michael, why get rid of your breeding colony? <laughs> Touche. That's a hard one to argue with. Puffers and plecos are equally awesome. Lol. That is a good point, Bob. Bob, were you in debate? Like in high school. Were you in debate? I'm just curious. <laughs> um, all right. Philly Man Pete, battling blackbeard algae Ugh. in a 20 gallon long. No idea where it came from. Just showing showed up after a year using Excel and hydrogen peroxide. Any other remedies? OK, so I can talk about this because I have experience with it, but I want to give a caveat that I'm not a, a planted guy. I have plants in my tanks to serve the fish. Um, the only tank I have really tried to do anything with plants in is the one behind me. And these are all really simple plants. So I, I'm not super experienced on plants and stuff, but here's my experience with blackbeard algae. Um, I have some now and I have some really kind of gross, like jello type algae. I don't think it's blue green algae, but, uh, something kind of similar to that in the tanks right now. And I've had blackbeard and the reason I got both was anytime I had lots of tanks going with a good fish load and all that going in, the tanks were well balanced and fine. But once I sold out of those tanks to the point where the stock dwindled, then I'm not feeding as much anymore. And because I'm not feeding as much, I'm not putting in enough nutrients for the plants that are in there. So you get the imbalance going on. And then the algae springs up. So for me, 
It's too little nutrients, not too many nutrients. And the way I battle that is um, I do a couple things. One is I wait till I get more fish in the tank and I just start feeding again normally. I mean, I gradually work up to that so I don't shock the biological system. So here's a trick. If you have a tank with a few five fish in it and you put five more in, then for the first day that those new fish are in there, just feed the same amount you were feeding for the original five fish. The second day, feed slightly more and do that for a couple days. The fourth or fifth day, feed slightly more. So over a week or two, you're building up to the optimal feeding level for that many fish. And that allows the bacteria population in your tank to gradually build up so you don't get a mini cycle going. You don't get this unexpected spike of ammonia just because you're putting so much more nutrients in the tank at once that the, the, the environment, the, the ecosystem can't process it all. Um, so anyway, I do that. And what I find when I do that is the water sprite gets all like, yeah, and starts growing real fast and out competes the algae and it gradually goes away. Um, so that's, that's how I do it. I don't use chemicals or anything like that. There's two other things that work really well for this. Um, one is Siamese algae eaters. This tank behind me was, had a massive algae problem uh, just a couple months ago, I think it was. And Thomas was nice enough to send me three Siamese algae eaters and within a couple weeks, it's not overnight, but within a couple weeks, they'd taken care of it. So the plants in here used to be just clogged with algae. Now, if you look at them, the leaves are clean. I mean, some of the leaves still have dark color to them from the damage, but the algae isn't puffy and big on it anymore. So Siamese algae eaters, true Siamese algae eaters, I'm not talking about flying fox, I'm not talking about Chinese algae eaters, I'm talking about the true Siamese algae eater, uh, for me has been amazing. So that's number one. Number two, I guess there's three is snails. When I put a lot of snails in there, they'll gradually eat up that really slimy gelatin like algae I have going on right now. Holy cow, the super chats are going nuts. I'm going to jump to that in just a minute. I want to finish this one though. I don't want to leave you hanging, Philly man. And then my secret weapon is I culture scuds, amphipods, in 20 gallon tanks. I set them up just like a normal aquarium. There's water sprite in there. There's no java moss because they will just destroy java moss for some reason, they destroy that. I've never seen them destroy any other plants. I don't keep a ton of plants though. I'm sure there's, don't put your expensive plant in there. But what happens is if I get plants that are covered with algae, any kind of algae, uh, blackbeard or whatever, they'll eat it all. I put that plant in my tank of amphipods or scuds and they'll eat that clean. In fact, let me show you something. If you'll all forgive me for half a second, I want to, no, I don't want to get away from camera, but I just did that with a big old bunch of Java fern that was just coated with globs of this nasty stuff, just taking it over. And I put it in that tank and within a couple days it was clean. So it's clean right now. So that's another trick. So I don't use chemicals. Um, I try to balance the tank out. In my situation, it's always I have too few nutrients. So I, I get more fish in, I put more food in, and the system balances out. So that's, that's one. Um, and then I use critters. So 
that's my way to do it. Now, that doesn't get a quick turnaround. That's not like overnight, it's better. It's, I have one tank I've been battling for, not battling, but working on for weeks because it, it was severe, but it, it, it does balance out eventually. So from a non-plant guy and a guy that doesn't mind algae too much, uh, Philly Man Pete, that's, that's what I do. Now, other people probably have much different and quicker solutions, but that's what I do. Let's see the super chat war. This is fun. It's been a while since uh, Bob and Milo I went at it. <laughs> All Milo I could come back with is Priscilla is short. <laughs> well, yes, she is. <laughs> Compared to like tall people, I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, there's one before that that I missed. Mile High says, Red Lizard, don't sell well for me. Okay, so I'll open up some tank space for different plecos. I almost read puffers there for a second. <laughs> for different puffers, different plecos. And plecos are way, way, way cooler than puffers. All right. That's three ways. That's a three way. That's hard to beat. Yeah. Um, Bob, <laughs> all puffers sell well. It's a point. It's a point. That is true. That is true. There were some awesome puffers on the Nigeria list, and I was so tempted to get them. But the problem is, you get this big box of fish and you might be able to fit one or two puffers in it. And so <clears throat> they're already expensive. And then when you ship a box from Nigeria and you have to peg that shipping cost to only one or two fish, man, I just, I couldn't justify the cost that they're, they're so pricey, but yeah, all puffers sell well. I, I, that is true. Okay, I'm going to pop back up and uh, read the chats I missed. Um, but that's, that's hilarious. Priscilla is short. <laughs> Junior high Michael has surfaced. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, got Philly Man Pete. Um, again, hope that was useful. Bob Kaler's Fish Hobby, climate controlled at Dan's Fish. Oh, let's see. What was that in reference to? Um, oh, climate controlled freezer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> G Cunningham, I'll try cleaning out the containers and storing them in the freezer. Thanks. You're welcome. I hope one of those helps. And uh, if it's something more than that, I'm sorry. I wish I could help more. Hey, Candy, thanks for linking getgills.com. For those that don't know, there's this great new website called getgills.com where anyone can buy fish or sell fish. So if you're a hobbyist that has extra fish and you're looking to sell them, you can list them there. Or if you're a hobbyist or anyone that would like to buy fish and don't necessarily want to get them from a store, but prefer to get them from hobbyists or want a species you can't find in a store, then check it out, getgills.com. That's the plug for the day. Mr. D's Tanks and More. Is this the same Mr. D's Tanks and Things? Is it, it's now Tanks and More? Is that right? I think I, I think I know 
maybe I'm confusing things, but Dan's fish. What do you know about blue eyed Gertrude rainbows? Just got some. I, I love them and I know quite a bit. I've raised several, um, several batches, beautiful fish. They remind me of a lamp eye killifish. So I, I'm very fond of Pseudomugil and, and that ilk rainbow fish or blue eyes or whatever. And I'm really fond of lamp eye killifish and they, it's just convergent evolution, right? It's, it's two kinds of fish that are com completely separate, but have kind of adapted to the same niche so much that they're very similar to each other. So I like both of them. Uh, they're, they're amazing. They're awesome. The Gertrudes, uh, they're super small, as you know. And if you think they're going to grow, they're probably not. I mean, that's a, they're a small fish. But for a small fish, they lay a pretty darn big egg. And so from the get-go, their babies can eat baby brine shrimp. It's amazing. It's amazing. So they're easy to raise. The way I kept them is it was pretty simple. I kept them in a 30-gallon breeder. I kept a colony of them in there. And it was just a Hamburg Mountain filter, so like a sponge filter across one wall with the airlift tube coming out, hamburger filter, and a spawning mop that floated, so it had a cork on it, and uh, kind of went from the top of the bottom, <laughs> top of the bottom. <laughs> that's, that's something different. Um, the top to the bottom of the tank. And... It was a nice thick mop so that they could lay the eggs in far enough that they wouldn't eat them. And so what I did is I kept them in that bare bottom tank, super easy setup. I mean, they look stunning in a planted tank, but I just kept them in a simple setup and I fed them flakes. I fed them pellets. I fed them. I think that was the main thing. Live foods, frozen foods. I don't know if I was on to rapashi um, at that time. So I don't, I don't think I ever tried rapashi on them, but they would eat like big, um, algae wafers that would sink and they would come and pick at it and stuff. So I would occasionally do that just to get some veggies in their diet. They're mainly want, you know, insects and protein, but some veggies occasionally are good for almost all fish. And, um, I found them to be extremely hardy, beautiful, and in a group anyway, the dynamics are never ending entertainment. The males are constantly flashing and flaring. Um, they're not a shy fish. They would just come out and be there eating, begging for food, looking around, playing around. Um, I like them a lot. I kept them in the mid seventies. Like I do most of my fish. I'm sure that they could go higher and lower, but you know, right around the mid seventies and I didn't have any problems with them whatsoever. So that's my experience with them. Um, let's see, I talked about breeding, feeding, temperature, um, like, like most fish, clean water is important and, uh, you know, keep the ammonia and nitrites at zero and the nitrates low. And I think they'll be great for you. I have soft water here. I haven't tried them in hard water, but I know a lot of people that do keep them in hard water. So they do well in hard water and they did great in my soft water. So easy fish and beautiful and very rewarding. That's, I'm glad you got them, Mr. D. That's, uh, that's a great choice. Yeah, so if you have any specific question about any specific aspect of their care, I could go deeper, but that's that's kind of the basics. Aqua Apprentice of Dance Fish, I believe you have to save your PDF as an image for Facebook. Yeah, I tried that and it degraded so much that it was hard to read. So I, I did try that. I have image editing software. 
I'm not great at the software, but that was my, you know, I tried to save it as a PNG, I think, or JPEG or something. I think it was a PNG. That's my go-to. And uh, just didn't, it didn't look good. Like somehow it got so unclear that it looked like I was at the doctor's office trying to read which row of letters looks best, you know, the vision test was going on. So, so if you Aqua Apprentice, if you know of a, a way to save the, the PDF, so it, it's nice and clear and all that. And it's easy to explain to someone like me, who's horrible at that kind of thing, then uh, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Mile High, thanks again for the super chat as always appreciated. Never required for anyone, just so you know, um, but always appreciated. Uh, there are like anyone else, I have lots of expenses and it's, again, it's going to be a great Christmas for little Timmy. Priscilla, oh, hang on. With the uh, daylight savings time, uh, I didn't change the timer, so stuff's going off an hour earlier than it did. Just a second here. Um, all right, let's do that and let's do uh, this so this doesn't randomly go off on us. And we're back. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, Priscilla saw my puffer destroy your snails. Yep. Cool. 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 Um, yeah. Watching the little puffers hunt down the snails is something awesome. And I feed them scuds, uh, and scuds are pretty quick. They're not like shrimp that go down and kind of just sit. They, they're constantly roaming around and it's great fun to watch those little Amazon puffers, uh, chase those scuds around. And I'm glad they're doing it because I was worried about them when I first saw them. They were like covered in egg, horrible. And the other thing is one of them has this massive lump on his side. On one side, it, it it's like the size of a mosquito bite on a human. So it covers like a third of his side. It's big for his size fish. And um, I don't have a clue what it is. I don't know how to treat it. I have no idea. So I'm going to try a few things and see if we can uh, get him fixed. But I don't know. It could be a tumor. could be a cyst. could be a parasite that's burrowed down there and is like a big, ugh, nasty parasite. It could be a bacterial infection, like there was an injury. Um, see, this is where I wish we had like veterinarians commonly available that could help with this stuff. But they're awesome, Priscilla. I love them. And uh, thanks for inspiring me to get them. Uh, it was seeing them at your house that made me go like, oh yeah, I'm getting some. And your Fajaca buffer? Man, that thing is gorgeous. That is a neat animal. All right. Uh, Bob, thanks again for the $21 super chat. Bob Kaler at No Dance Fish trying to raise your money here. He has lots of money, don't you know? <laughs> I didn't kind of read, read that stilted, but yes, Bob, thank you. Thank you for raising money here. I appreciate it. Mile High, thanks again for the $22 super chat. And uh, once again, guys, am I on track for how I'm going to care for those? I think I am. I've done a lot of reading, but I'd rather hear it from someone who's really kept them as to dietary requirements, any special temperature requirements, things like that, because then I can make sure I can make any adjustments and get them stable, uh, the adjustments stable before uh, before Monday when they come. Hopefully, they might be shorted. You know, that happens sometimes. Um, <laughs> thanks again, everyone, for the amazing super chats. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, looks like I missed one. So sorry. 
Uh, G Cunningham, Dan's Fish, thanks, or no, looking forward to getting some of those killifish of yours. Thanks for bringing them in and getting them into the hobby. Well, you're welcome. Um, and I'm glad you're interested in them because the worst thing would be to order like several thousand fish so that I could get them in the hobby. And that's truly what I'm trying to do. I mean, I've been looking for a lot of these species for over 25 years and couldn't find them. So, um, so I'm trying to do, but it would suck to do that and then uh, and not be able to sell a one. So I'm, I'm glad folks, folks seem to be excited about them. But you're welcome. It was a pleasure to bring them in. It was a heck of an experience. And uh, I'm happy to say that, that they're, they're doing great. Things went well. It was a little scary, though, at first. When you first pick them up and that bag is all cloudy and they're gasping and you smell the ammonia. Ooh, that's scary. But... Uh, Thank you so much for the super chat and thanks for being here and for your support and your questions and your participation. I appreciate that. So Priscilla, did you get the Amazon puffers? Yes. In case that wasn't clear. Yes, indeedy. Priscilla MKR. Oh, the Santa Maria Endlers had fry. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Um, and I'm interested to see what they grow up as. So the, the reason I'm not selling those on the regular right now is because that strain's still not fixed. It's getting better though. Just cleared another batch of fry. Um, and the males on those were, were looking pretty good. The majority had the black on the top and the orange on the bottom. Uh, getting some funky stuff with black and yellow and black and like tan and other things, but a lot cleaner than the line was. So I'm interested to see Priscilla, uh, what yours turn out as. They're going to be gorgeous, whatever they are. But uh, yeah, that line's not fixed, so it's a gamble. <laughs> um, but I'm glad they had Fry. I, I kind of figured they would pretty soon. She was looking like she was... Uh, about ready to get there. Matt Grafagino. Grafagnino. Maybe. Oh, man. If I butchered that, just forgive me, please. <laughs> it dance fish. It's not a tumor. Hmm. So is this a movie quote? Or is this <laughs> like a serious statement? Not quite sure, Matt. I, I don't know the reference if that's like a quote or a joke or whatever. Um, if it's a serious statement, then yeah, I, I hope you're right. But I don't know. I don't know how to treat it. I'll try. We'll see. I mean, he's acting normal. He's eating normal. He's acting happy, but I'm, I'm worried about it. Mr. D's tanks and more. Hey, Dan's fish. Thanks. I have hard water and the Gertrude are fine. Yep. They're in my 125. Oh, man. They're in paradise. With 100, my 125 with Rasbora and Threadfin Rainbows. Oh, I love, I'm, I hope they come in this time. I was shorted Threadfin's last two orders. Um, I'm trying to get them Monday. Oh man, such a great fish. You answered what I wanted to know. By the way, you were thinking of Mr. B, I believe. Oh yeah. Mr. B's tanks and things, not Mr. D, yeah tanks and more. That makes sense. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I can't keep it straight. So thread fin rainbows. I can't wait to get them in and I can't wait to get video because almost every time I see them um, in pet stores and things, what I see are stressed out fish that it, aren't spreading their fins, aren't dancing like they should. Uh, they look super skinny. I mean, they're a skinny fish, so they naturally look skinny. 
but they're also high metabolism fish. And so when they go without food for a while, I mean, they just, they look emaciated real quick. And I can't, I can't wait to get a group in and um, show and get them healthy and stuff and show the behavior when they're happy because they are amazing. If you get a group of those guys in a tank, they look like hummingbirds. They do this vibrant dance. They take those amazing extensions on their fins and they shake them so fast that it's hard to follow with the, with the naked eye. And they're spreading and they're displaying and they're just stunning. So I can't wait to get some of those and, and get some good video um, for y'all. But I don't know if that's my, I don't know if I could pick a favorite kind of blue eye type fish, you know, the small little rainbow fish, but, um, but they're up there. They are definitely up there. In fact, I thought in my hundred gallon tank down here that it might be nice to get a nice big school in there and just keep them as a display. So that's an option. I ordered also some really cool geophagus that I, I can hardly ever find. And so if the geophagus come, they'll go in the hundred gallon cause it has sand in it for them to sift. But if they don't, then the, the feather fins or thread fins or whatever are going to probably go in there. Maybe I have to juggle things when they arrive. You know, when you do a large uh, order of fish, uh, an import or transship or even a wholesale order, like in the past I would go and, and I still do it sometimes and label every tank. Okay, this is going in here and this is going in here and this is going in here. But what ends up happening <laughs> is they send you the wrong fish or they don't send you all the fish or the fish come in a size you didn't expect. And so you're constantly just making adjustments on the fly when they come in. So these days I make sure I have enough tank space and I have a general idea of where I want things to go, but I don't label and stuff cause it's all going to change as soon as they get here. <laughs> um, but I think that's awesome. Mr. D a 125 full of small fish. That's when you start, uh, I, I'm a broken record, so I won't go into it too long. But if you've never done that, you owe it to yourself, people. That's when you see the schooling behavior, the true, almost natural behavior. It's not totally natural because it's an, it's an artificial environment, so it can't be called natural. But they, you get to see stuff you just never see any other way. So I love that. Philly Man Pete, I bet Lucas would be interested in some of those killies. Yeah. I hope he is. Um, I've got plenty. I've got a lot. <clears throat> Otter Creek Aquatics. Um, so I, I, I saw that even though it wasn't at Dan's Fish. For those that don't know, if you make your comment or question at Dan's Fish, um, it'll highlight and I'll see it and, and jump right to it. If you're wondering why I'm not responding to your comment or question, it's probably because it wasn't at Dan's Fish. And so it didn't highlight, so I just didn't see it. So I apologize, I'm not doing that intentionally. If that's the case, if you would resubmit it with an at dance fish on it, then I'll see it and I'll get to it. At least I'll, I'll attempt to every now and then I miss something. But Otter Creek, glad you're here. Thanks for making it. The hardest fish you've ever imported or had trouble getting. Well, a lot of these killifish I had trouble getting because um, it took me forever. Um, I was trying to rely on existing channels to get them and it just didn't work. So I had to just go make my own channel and eventually did it. So I would say those were some of the most difficult to get and to find. Um, but as far as like, 
as far as difficult as in like to get alive and healthy and all that. Let's see. I mean, discus are a challenge just because they always come in dirty, meaning lots of parasites and stuff. The way they're kept, they're often kept in such... I mean, it's amazing that that happens because they're kept in such pristine com conditions and they're often raised on antibiotics. And so when you land a fish like that or a blue German ram, they're difficult because suddenly they're in a new system, new water parameters and all this stuff. And, and when you take them off antibiotics, they've been on them like their whole life. And so that's an adjustment for them. So the worry factor is pretty high whenever I bring in discus. Now the success factor is high too. They're, they're truly a hardy fish as long as the temperature's high, the water's clear, and you know how to clean them up. Um, they are tough, but um, the worry factor's high for them. I would say that the one that gave me the most scare this time was the glass catfish. Um, they're a sensitive fish to ship, and just when they came in, the bag was so dirty and disgusting um, it was just disheartening. So, and then it took a while to get them back healthy, uh, cure ammonia burn, um, get them eating well on, on anything. Cause they were just not feeling good. So getting those back up in healthy and ready to go is probably the biggest challenge I've had in a few years with an import or a transship or what have you. So yeah, um, so I hope I hope I answered the intent of that question, doing it the hardest to find or the hardest to like uh, take care of. But yeah, Priscilla MK Art. If it's a wild caught puffer, it's probably a parasite. Marine puffers are known for lumps, and it's usually iso isopods isopods isopods. I think okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm so I. When I saw that amount of ick on them, I put them in a, a copper bath right away. So they've been bathing in copper for a few days and the ick is just melting away. So um, I looked today and I think I saw two spots among all the puffers. So that tells me that the free swimming are being killed. And, um, and as those adults that are creating those spots die off, new ones are not attaching. So we're, it's doing fine. Um, I don't know if a copper bath will penetrate to get to a parasite under the skin like this could be. Um, so I think my next thing to do is I already know they probably have internal parasites because puffers almost always have internal parasites. So I'll do um, a round of general cure, which is great for that stuff. See if that helps. I don't know if it will. Like, again, if it's in the skin, that makes it hard. Uh, Metro and Prozzi generally just hit the digestive tract mostly and some external stuff. But when it's protected by the fish's own skin or in the muscle wall or something like that, that makes it hard. Um, sorry for the loud thumping if you're hearing it. My kids obviously found a game of uh, involves dropping stuff on the floor upstairs. So, oh, well, we'll let it go. They're kids. We let them play. Um, and then after that, I'll probably try some antibiotics. And if that doesn't work, I'll probably try levamisole. So that's my plan of attack. Um, we'll see. I'll let you know.
no idea. I've never seen anything like this before. It's truly bizarre and ugh, it, it's gross. I mean, it's not like an open sore or anything, which is good, but it's, uh, it's not, it ain't pretty. All right. Philly man, Pete. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for the super chat. $5. Um, Dan, what is your view on the illegal status of Asian arowana in the States? I think it's horrible. I think that it should be changed. Um, I think they're amazing fish. The Asian arowana is not, the ones you're going to get are farmed. They are not generally wild collected. It's like the denison barb. Um, for a while, there was concern with that fish because it was, it's endangered and they were being wild collected. But then farms started raising them. And now I can almost guarantee that every denison barb you ever buy is captive raised, captive bred. Same with the Asian arowana, as far as I can tell. Um, and so the concern that keeping them is going to damage the ability of the species to survive in the wild is pretty much null and void because they're, they're all captive bred. So that's my opinion. Um, I also think they're, they're not as long a fish as the South American arowanas. Um, and so they're easier to keep in aquariums because they just don't get quite as big. And so I think that's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. If someone is willing to do the work and pay the money to create the proper environment for them and they're in captive bred and raised or available, then we're not protecting the species by not being able to keep it, right? So that's that's my thoughts. That being said, I do th wish that before people bought a fish like that, that they would have to pass some kind of I don't know. I don't want to get regulation involved because, uh, I don't know. I, that's actually not true because then the test that they had to take would probably be poorly done and all that. But I just wish that people that kept fish, uh, would educate themselves and make sure they have the right environment and the ability to care for them because an arowana is expensive to keep up. Um, they eat a lot of food and, uh, they need a large tank and a lot of filtration and all that stuff. So, um, that's, that's my thoughts, Philly man, Pete. It's not a fish I'm ever going to keep. So it doesn't, it's not something that I'm super passionate about, but yeah. In fact, most fish that are banned for the collection and distribution and the argument is they're endangered. We need to, we need to preserve them. Yeah. There's a few species where maybe collecting for the pet trade, it damages, but there's a lot of species where it doesn't. There's a lot of species where it actually helps. And the truth is most of these species are endangered, not because of collection for the pet trade, um, but because of environmental de degradation, their habitats are being destroyed. And so of course they're, they're going extinct, right? They're endangered. So as a hobbyist, it always frustrates me when a fish that is endangered is not available, because I always think, well, if it was available, we could raise it in captivity and help preserve it. Like, like, you know, the white cloud minnow or something like that. So, um, some of the goodyids, things like that. So I don't know. I, I understand both sides of that, I guess. And you don't want to like, just like go scoop them all out, but 
that's generally not what happens in the pet trade. Now, with some species, it can be. And there are some species that regenerate and breed slowly, and you have to be super cautious with and careful with. And I get that. This is not a blanket statement. But, um, yeah, I should probably get off this before I get too far into politics. I don't, I don't want to make a stream where, where people have to choose a side or anything like that. So, but anyway, you got me started. So that's, that's kind of as far as I'm going to go on that. Um, Priscilla says, uh, maybe fenbendazole. Yeah, I could totally try fenbendazole as well. Uh, so maybe that's after the uh, levamisol if, if I still need to. That was a movie quote, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not a tumor. Okay, cool. <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> I'm in the entertainment industry. I lived in Los Angeles. That's where I was educated and worked and all that stuff. And so you'd think I would know that, but kindergarten cop. Oh, that's why. Yeah, I, I tried to watch that movie. I, it bored me to tears. So. <laughs> um, Philly man, thanks again for the super chat. Much appreciated. Um, Again, never required, always repre always repreciated, whatever that is, always appreciated. Uh, Jay Friends, excuse me, sorry. I've been running myself ragged for a few weeks now and uh, it's starting to catch up to me, so fighting off something right now. Jay's Friends, do Odessa barbs, cool. Have some subdominant males that don't color up. If so, is there a way to trick them into coloring up? So, um, kind of. What I've noticed with these is that there are some males that are super vibrant colored. Like the top is almost black across the top part of their body. The red is vibrant red. And then there's others that have the red and the black and stuff, but it's not as vibrant. It's, it's not as uh, clear. It's still super clear that they're a male. Um, for sure. Let me, uh, so there's a female in here. I only have one. <laughs> That's just how it worked out. But, uh, where is she? So I can show her to you. Um, I don't see her right now, but it's pretty clear. She's a, oh, here she is. There's no red on her. Um, she's just, she's just brown with a couple black spots. So she has uh, a black spot, you know, by her tail and a black spot kind of behind her gills right there. A little bit of red on the um, pelvic fins, the two fins, the paired, the two paired fins right before her anal fin. But apart from that, there's no red. So even this male here that isn't super colored up, it's clear that that's a male because of the red on them. Um, I don't know of a way to make them color up, and I don't know if it's a dominance thing or just a this is my mood right now thing. But there are a couple in here that tend to be the most vibrant. And there's a couple that tend to be not as vibrant. And I, I really don't know the reason for it. I, I wish I could tell you, yeah, I do this and they'll all be vibrant. But I don't know if it's mood or hierarchy. I really have no idea, Jay. Wish I did. William Winters, I just started a 125-gallon small tropical fish tank. That's awesome. Lots of fish with a lot of schooling and other behaviors. Very fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, there, there's something to be said to having like one big cichlid that's a wet pet in a, in a tank and interacting with them and stuff like that. But, um, there's, you know, there's a place for that. Um, but there's also something special about large tank with more kind of natural behavior and stuff. Um, 
Bob Kaler, and then I'll get to you, Priscilla. Bob Kaler, 26. Thanks. Really appreciate it. I know it's an old abbreviation, so I should know. Doesn't BRB mean be right back? Yes, it does. So are you BRBing right now, Bob? And AFK means away from keyboard, so that'll do it too. Um, Priscilla MKR, how many Amazon puffers did you get? I got five. So four are tumorless. <laughs> I'm really worried about that one. But um, I got five. I tried to get 12. They sent five. So, um, yeah. Um, but, Bob, yeah, thanks again for the super chat. Uh, hope that helps. Yep, Candy, I agree. Jay friends, whom I got 12. Oh, man, they're going nuts up there, aren't they? I got 12 juveniles, and it looks like I only got two males from them. Well, it could be. It does take a while for them to color up. And so if they're juveniles, I would hang tight and, and wait for a little while. Um, because if they're still juveniles, you could have some stragglers in there that haven't colored up yet. Um, well, if you want more males, I've got tons of males and one female. So uh, get gills.com. You can buy a lot. Thomas Perkins. Hey, Thomas. So earlier, Thomas, I posted in the live stream um, a list of all the fish available along with their collection points that you had requested the last live stream. So if you it's pretty close. To, <coughs> man, this thing. <coughs> Sorry. I'm not fine. <laughs> we can't all be Michael. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Michael's fish room, but it's he's got this ongoing cough. And every time he does it on video, he goes, I'm fine. So my thing will be like, I'm not fine. This is not normal for me. Um, so Thomas, I, I posted that earlier. So if you re-watch the replay, it's pretty close to the beginning and you can get that information you requested. And um, let's see here, what else was I gonna say about that? Yeah, so that's what's available or coming up. Not everything's ready to go yet, but all the Nigeria fish are ready to go. I'm just working on getting videos and pictures so I can make their listings nice. I was hoping I could have everything up before that. So kind of for Black Friday or Small Business Saturday or Cyber Monday or whatever, I would be all set to go because this is a business. I mean, I, I do need to sell stuff, but but hey, I got enough super chats. I don't need to worry about that this week. <laughs> um, so where was I going with that? Oh yeah, but it just takes time because I like putting a video on a listing because then people can see the actual fish they're going to get. And I can kind of talk about what they're used to care-wise just so people can make an informed decision of if they want to buy them or not versus just going off a, a grainy cell phone picture or, or the other one, a super professional picture, which makes the fish look like just super stunning. And then you get it and it's like, oh, that, that doesn't look like that. So I like a video so they can see what it is. Uh, Bob Kaler, no, Dan. BRB was Miles' last comment. <laughs> it may be NBB, never be back. <laughs> it's been gone for a while, right? Hope he comes back, but we'll see. Maybe he got lost in Gillette. Gillette, man, of all the places. Oh, oh. Sheridan and Gillette have a rivalry, so please understand as his little tongue-in-cheek Take it with a grain of salt when I just totally bag on Gillette. Um, Zeke D, can you talk about how to breed Corys and tank setup? Yeah, um, and I've got at least one video on that if you're interested. 
if you could check that out on the Dance Fish channel. Um, what species was that one that I made the video on? I think it was just albino Aeneas. So Corydoras, um, first thing is uh, they almost, they do better in groups. This is a very social fish that relies on the other members to feel at ease and to kind of uh, understand its environment and things like that, to get drawn to food, all kinds of things. So first thing is a nice big group. As many as you can comfortably fit in the tank, the bigger the better uh, for these guys. So get a group of them if you don't already have them. And they have to be mature, so they need to be fairly good size. And there's two things with Corys, and I'm by no means like an Eric Bodrock who's bred like every Cory out there or anything like that. But but what I've found, I've bred lots of Corys, and what I've found is that there's two things that help me. One is food. If I want them to spawn, I give them a ton of food. Like there's food available all day long. So a big chunk of rapashi that they can graze on all day long, or, uh, you know, you put it in at lunch, you put in some more dinner, you put in some more, you just make sure to take that out before, uh, well, you can even leave it overnight, but the next morning, if there's any in, you take it out. Um, so that, that helps. You can use blackworms, you can use other live foods, but any food that won't kind of just really rot in the tank real quick, keep that in front of them. And it takes a lot of energy to make an egg. There's a lot of fat that goes into that, a lot of the proteins and stuff. And so it's very demanding on that fish. So it helps to have just a ton of food. And by a ton of food, I mean a ton of food. Now, the trick is you have to do that and you don't want to hurt the fish. So how do you keep the water parameters decent while feeding a ton of food? So that's the trick to figure out. So once you figure that out, lots of food and then large water change, like 50, 70% water change, uh, often with a little bit cooler temperature water. Now you want to make sure it's better if it's not fresh out of the tap, right? So if you can, you want to get that water, you want to have it circulating or bubbling somewhere or a power filter, moving it in a container somewhere for maybe 24 hours or at least several hours, at least enough to gas off like all the um, nitrogen that's absorbed into the water, all those fine little bubbles that release, especially in cold weather, when you open the tap and get a glass of water and all these fine bubbles coat it. You want all that stuff out. You kind of want it stable. Um, it, once it's there, use that on your water change. You can use straight tap water, I suppose. I just always feel safer. Uh, large water changes when I am not giving the fish the bends, basically, by putting a bunch of dissolved nitrogen into their environment. Um, and different species breed different ways, but the common ones, they'll usually breed right on the glass. If you put a spine mop in there, sometimes they'll breed on that. If you put slate in there, sometimes they'll breed on that, but they're gonna kind of lay eggs everywhere. Um, the eggs are really tough. And if they're on slate or glass, then they adhere so tightly that for a while, it's pretty much impossible for the quarries to eat them because they're tough and they're stuck. So you have a little window where you can go in after they're done spawning. Like if they're still spawning, leave them alone. Don't worry that they're gonna go eat all the eggs. Unless you actually see it happening. You'll see them go over the eggs a lot and you might think they're eating them, but the odds are that they aren't actually eating them. Um, but if you actually see them, the egg go away, then maybe discount what I'm about to say. But once they're done spawning, um, you can get them off. You can take your finger and just kind of roll them off. Or I take a razor blade and scrape them off. Um, 
things like that. Put them in a small container of water. That's how I do it. There's other ways, but if you have a tank, if you have a small tank that's well set up and has a good environment in it and has like cherry shrimp in it, then you can put them in there and the cherry shrimp will take care of them. Um, but what I do is I put them in a small container. It's pretty small. It's a, I don't know, a little like butter container type thing, little storage container. Make sure it's super clean. I put water in there that's clean, but is not fresh from the tap. So in my case, it's it's been in an aquarium that's empty of fish and been filtered. So it's got air bubbles in it and stuff, and it's been there for, you know, a day or two. And um, put them in that. In the size container I use, I put uh, about six drops of hydrogen peroxide in that container. And I change the water on that container at least once a day, but often two to three to four times a day, just because I'm often down here that frequently. So change the water, keep it clean. And anytime you add new water, so you change kind of 100% of the water, you pour all the water out you can without pouring the eggs out, refill it with fresh water, not fresh from the tap, but clean aged water. And... Um, and re-add the hydrogen peroxide. That's what I do. As soon as they hatch, as soon as you see the little tail start to come out, change the water and stop putting in the hydrogen peroxide. Um, that's how I do it. And I believe that the dosage, let me look it up, for hydrogen peroxide is the correct dosage. Let me look up my dosing sheet here. Um, I have to, this is the only way I can keep it track of that and the medicines and stuff. Um, hydrogen peroxide, two milliliters per gallon is the dose that I use. Um, roughly, I'm not super precise with it, but, um, that's how I would do it. The good news is, is that the babies don't need to be fed right away. They've got, they, they're basically a big yolk sack with a tiny little sliver of a tail poking out, kind of wiggles. Once they're free swimming and they're swimming around, and acting like a small catfish, like a normal fish, and they've absorbed that yolk sac, then you start feeding them and they're easy to feed. They'll eat baby brine shrimp, they'll eat microworms, they'll eat a rapashi, they'll eat any food that kind of settles on the bottom that they can fit in their mouth. And they're big enough that they'll eat baby brine shrimp and microworms and all that stuff. So what I do is I feed them in the morning some live food. And then as soon as they're done eating that, I put in a little chunk of rapashi so they can graze on that. And then when I see that the rapashi has gone, then I'll put in more rapashi and I kind of keep food in front of them uh, constantly. Again, the challenge with breeding fish and raising fish is how do you keep a lot of food in the tank without polluting the water? So that's really what the game is. And they can grow pretty quick. If you keep food in front of them, they'll grow super quick. I've had them get almost an inch within two weeks. I'm not even kidding. So, or a half an inch, half an inch in two weeks. Not, not an inch, half an inch. I was kidding. <laughs> half an inch. <laughs> In fact, there's a video on it uh, that I have where you can see I, I had to leave town, so I put a ton of live food in the tank. <coughs> and I was worried about them. Then I came back, I don't know, a week later, and instead of being dead, they had all like massively grown because there was so much food in the tank. They were just eating it constantly. So you can check that video out. I forget what it's called, but yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Mr. D's tanks and more going to check out get gills. Thanks later, everyone. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate everything. Mr. D's good to kind of get to know you a bit on the stream. 
Thomas Perkins resealing a couple of tanks this weekend. Oh yeah, I just finished three 30 gallon breeders that I've been putting off for 18 months because it's just such a pain, but they're done now. Uh, silicone's been curing for about four days or so. So I'm about ready to set them up and see if it worked, see if they leak. Uh, got a 30 long, a 150, woo, and a 40 hex. Ooh, that's gonna be a pain in the butt, the 40 hex. And a 120 tall, good. And a 120 long, and a, man, you got a few tanks, dude. And a 60. I'm gonna be swamped, but the new fish room is gonna be awesome. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's gonna be worth it. I just resealed a 120 tall um, a couple weeks ago. There is a local couple that uh, we're about to have a baby. So of course, like a week before she's gonna have the baby, their 120 leaks, horrible. So went over there and kind of did it with them to show them how to do it. And I was nervous because that's such a tall tank. There's a lot of water pressure. So you don't want to screw that one up. And anytime you reseal a tank, there's a risk, right? But luckily it worked out. So it can be done. It can be done. Mile High Plecos 27 Smackaroos. I hear you guys are talking about me. What are we talking about you? Are we talking uh, poop emoji about you? <laughs> I think Mile High, um, I think it doesn't matter if you hear or hear it or not, it's just always happening, <laughs> right? <laughs> Thanks for the other super chat. <laughs> um, Bob Kaler, not to be outdone. Welcome back, Michael. Was about to ask local PD to do a welfare check. <laughs> the dead has arisen. Dan, do you know the line? Is it like, what's that one where there's a police station surrounded by zombies? Night at station 54 or something like that. I don't know. That's my guess. I don't know the line. Is that it? The dead has arisen. That's all I got. That's all I got. It's either that or, or a very Christian film. I don't know. <laughs> Mile High's done super chatting. Okay, we can end now. No, I'm joking. I wasn't going for the super chats. <laughs> um, you're a crazy man at Bob Kaler's Fish Hobby. Yeah, Mile High and Bob, thanks so much. Um, I really appreciate all the tons of cash you've poured in tonight. That's going to take us a long way. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, um, when you guys did that before, I should let you know that the proceeds for that went to different things, but where the bulk of that went was to finalize this, this order from Nigeria. So thanks for so much for that. Um, I, it would have been difficult for me to, to make this happen without that. So I appreciate that very, very much. And I appreciate everyone that did the smaller super chats too. It's not, it's not always about the quantity, but there is something nice about doing a live stream and getting surprised by the sheer amount of super chats that come in. It's just a nice surprise. Makes my wife super happy. And uh, yeah, it's highly, highly appreciated. Never required, always appreciated. Um, <clears throat> Zeke D, will you sell any more angel pairs? Because I really want one. Um, Zeke D, if you're asking me, um, all these platinum angels are now sold. I'll be shipping them all out on Monday. But I have um, some really cool koi angels. Some of them have some 
some red on them, but they're mostly the orange, black, and white, but good koi angels that I'm cleaning up that I got in. And they're big enough that they're gonna pair off, I'm pretty sure. In fact, some of the females are already pretty full of eggs. Um, so yeah, they're, they're not gonna be take too long. I've also ordered some Peruvian angelfish and some green giant angelfish. Uh, the green giants will be probably fairly small, so those won't be pairing anytime soon. But the Peruvians are big enough that they might pair off soon too. So um, if any of those pair off, then I'll offer those for sale as well. But the Platinums, um, I'm going to be out of real soon. I've sold all the babies. I've sold all the spawns. Um, so just trying to rotate a different kind of angel for now. And if I have the tank space, then the next time I order, I'll probably do Platinums again. I think that they're my favorite angelfish, at least in my aquariums, because I paint my aquariums black on the outside, on the back wall in the sides and the bottom. And so that platinum just, <clears throat> it just pops, right? It, 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 it's striking in a setup like that. But uh, sorry, Zeke D, I don't, I don't have any more. Um, they, they sell super fast. As soon as a pair pairs off, and I usually don't sell them as pairs until they spawn and I see that the eggs are fertile because then I know for sure they're a pair because sometimes two females will get on it. Um, I list them and they're usually gone within sometimes an hour, sometimes a day, a couple days max. So, but yeah, so it won't be for a while. I won't have any more platinums, but I'll, I'll have some others hopefully, you know, as soon as they decide to pair off. Um, Hey, Bob Kaler, shoot, ain't nothing. Wasn't on debate team, just talent. <laughs> I'm just, I just have a, a talent for being ornery. <laughs> um, oh, is the color purple? Ah, missed that one. I should have known that one. Because that's not just a movie, that's a play. Oh, well. Um, all right, going to hit uh, one more comment here, and then we're going to wrap it up. I have not eaten yet, and uh, yeah, gonna tuck the kids in. Like to try to do that uh, at night, and that happens right around 8:30 usually. So cut it off soon here. But um, got one more here. Oops, that was supposed to be a dance fish. The color purple. Sophia talked to the, yeah after being in jail. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Yep, I know that show. I just didn't didn't recognize the line. I was going with zombies. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. Before I go, though, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, first to those who super chatted and I don't I didn't keep track, but this was a good night. Yeah, this was a good night. I mean, there's some nights you get none. Some nights you get a ton like this and some nights you get a few. It's uh, much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know what? I'll use some of that to do. If, if it works out, maybe Candy and I can grab lunch while we're looking at, uh, at pet stores in Billings. That would be fun. So that would be cool. Um, thanks to, to the mods who make this all work. Thanks to anyone who asked a question or a comment to, to make the stream kind of more lively. And for anyone that reached out and helped someone who asked a question or needed help, thank you so much for chiming in. That's our strength in this community, right? Helping each other out. I'll be here next Wednesday, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, thanks again. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy holidays, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.